I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb show in the bonus. Hope you're good. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, I got a couple of little things on Odell Beckham Jr. I want to get to, but I want to start with this. This is Jalen Brown to the Boston Globe. Jalen Brown quote. I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. I don't think people in our governing body bodies think he's anti-Semitic. He made a mistake. We understand from the outside perspective how important sensitivity is to not condone hate speech. 
and not condone anything of that nature. It's sensitivity to the, uh, to the dialect around that. We don't want to stand up for somebody in order to not con- in order to not condemn hate speech. I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic, and hopefully the NBA feels the same. There's an interesting distinction. This is again Jalen Brown of the Celtics. A distinction between what somebody says verbally and what somebody posts a link and platform with no description behind it. Some people will argue there's no difference, and some people argue there is a difference. There's no language in our CBA. There's no rules to it. This is uncharted territory for everybody. Everybody's trying to figure out the difference between the two. He goes on. The terms of his return, they seem like a lot. A lot of players express discomfort with those terms. He made a mistake. He posted something. There's no distinction. We, maybe we can move forward, but the terms in which he has to fulfill to return, I think, not just speaking for me, speaking as the vice president of a lot of players— we didn't agree to those terms that require for him to come back. And we're, we're waiting for this Tuesday meeting to happen to see what comes of it. We'll go from there. That's all I'll say. Okay. Remember, here are the terms. Apologize and condemn the film. Uh, apologize and condemn the film, which he has done. Um, make a $500,000 donation to an anti-hate, anti-hate causes, which he tried to do, but the Anti-Defamation League wouldn't take it. He's got to meet with them in person. That's part of it. Meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders. Complete anti-Semitism training. Complete sensitivity training. Meet with our team owner, Joe Sai to demonstrate an understanding of the situation. I don't think any of that is that, uh, that major. None of it is major. A couple meetings, a sizable check, which he had already agreed to donate. Uh, some sensitivity training, anti-Semitic training, whatever. And, and go on about your day. And I agree, there's a strong likelihood he doesn't complete it, and this is the, an easy way for the Nets to say he doesn't want to be a member of the Nets. Here's the problem with what Jalen Brown is doing, because Jalen Brown is very bright, and Jalen Brown, who is, I mean, let's just be honest, he is crazy woke, okay? And as somebody who is crazy woke, but kind of the real, I, I do think he's kind of the real deal. He's not, a, he's not one of these phonies. Like, he actually is, I think, sensitive towards all people, right? He's the, I, I, I actually think a lot of Jalen Brown. The problem is that he's not actually applying the context of Kyrie Irving's situation appropriately. He's saying he made a mistake, he apologized for it. Why do we have to keep doing this? And most of us, if it was that easy, would feel the same. The difference is all the other shit that Kyrie Irving has done and the fact that he was given a week in which he refused to apologize several times over the language he used the fact he tries to outsmart everybody at a press conference he's no different than Aaron Rodgers in what Aaron Rodgers did last year with the with the were you vaccinated yes I'm what was it yes I'm uh not inoculated yes I'm immunized you know trying to be some smart wordsmith and outsmart the rest of us like, you don't need any of that crap. You don't need any of it. So he's also not taking into account all the other things that Kyrie Irving has done that preempted this. If, if it was just he tweeted out a movie and then apologized for the tweet, I didn't know it was in it. I'm sorry. We'd all be done with this shit by now. But we're not because that's not what happened. Kyrie Irving's got a litany of other things that have been about him or been challenging the media or been really uncomfortable in terms of his dealings with teammates or with owners. And then you have the Brooklyn situation, which I've chronicled before. But if we just use the last year as a snapshot or last six months as a snapshot, 
when they lost last year, Sean Marks definitively said, we want guys who play for each other. Kyrie's not seen as that. We want guys who are available. Kyrie's not seen as that, right? We want people that are part of our culture. He's not seen as that. And then you factor in all these other things. So Jalen Brown is right. He just ain't right about Kyrie. And I, I, it's, not, I, it's not that I think Jalen Brown is anti-Semitic for supporting Kyrie. I don't. He's talking about the process. He's talking about, hey, did some, tweeted something. There's, there's a distinction between tweeting it and actually, I agree with him, by the way. There's also a distinction between something you say and something you say in a joke and how you actually act, right? Like a racist doesn't drop a line which is racially uncomfortable, whatever, that you need to apologize for. A racist actually holds things against you because of the color of your skin. Like, that's a racist. Those people, you can go away. Not that we need uh, uh, racial humor in any way, but the, the point is that so oftentimes we call people who use insensitive language racist. That's not what a racist is. That's somebody who uses insensitive language. That's what Jalen Brown is talking about. There's a distinction between saying a, saying a line or saying something or acting in a way or doing something which, which is racially insensitive and somebody who's a racist. But we don't do that. We won't make that distinction, even though Jalen smartly says, hey, we should make a distinction. Now, the, the one point that should be made that is the counter to what Jalen Brown is saying, which is he didn't just tweet it and go like, hey, I hadn't seen it. He said afterwards, I won't stand down. And he didn't really back up what his beliefs were or what he does not going to stand down about. So Jalen's not wrong here. He's just wrong about Kyrie because he's not taking the context of the nuance of this Kyrie situation into effect. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to our list of the day. It's time for the list of the day. I'm on the list. Oh, snap. Why didn't you say so? Our list of the day is the top 10 teams in the National Football League as voted on by me. Number 10. Let's start with number 10. Number the 10. The New York Jets. They, they just beat the Buffalo Bills. They've beaten the Green Bay Packers, which at the time we thought was a great win. The New York Jets are at 10 at 6 and 3. Um, they've beaten, they, they have lost to the Ravens, ranked ahead of them. Have lost to Cincinnati, ranked ahead of them. Have lost to the Patriots, who... Honestly, could be right here on this list, but beat the Bills, beat the Packers and Broncos on the road, which you can say what you want about both those teams. Winning on the road is impressive, plus in Pittsburgh as a win. Um, I'm going to put the Jets at 10. Number nine, the Cincinnati Bengals. The defending AFC champs lost their first two games of the year, and since then, well, they've gone five and two. Lost to the Ravens, ranked ahead of them. Lost to the Steelers, below them. Cowboys, ahead of them. Browns, okay, but... Remember, they're doing this without Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is expected to return. If Jamar Chase returns, I mean, again, I, I, there's other teams that have far more injuries that I'm holding against them. I won't hit it against Cincy because they put it all together against uh, Carolina. I expect them to beat Pittsburgh. To, then they got Tennessee and Kansas City. We'll find out how good they are at the top of the league. But I'll put Cincy at nine. Number eight. Baltimore, complete mash unit, but... LeVar's good enough. They're good enough to figure out a way to win. I love the addition of Roquan Smith for their 3-4 defense. Um, It's weird. People forget Justin Houston was, what, a half sack short of breaking uh, or tying Strahan's record, and the old guy still has it in the tank. This is a good football team, well-coached. Not great. 
especially with all their injuries, but they find a way to survive and advance. Number seven. They're one-dimensional on offense, but it's a really good dimension. The Tennessee Titans, they gave Kansas City everything they wanted. We'll, we'll put the Titans there. Number six. Dallas Cowboys. Defense is really good. I think they have the league's MVP in a Micah Parsons. Offense is solid. Cowboys now, we get closer to division play, and before, that was a laugher. Now it's pretty difficult. We'll see how they react. Number five. This one will surprise people, but I think they're a different team since they added Christian McCaffrey and they're starting to get other pieces healthy. Maybe they never get Philly healthy. Maybe they never live up, live up to their building, but I'm going to put San Francisco at five. Number four. Minnesota. Minnesota. Basically, they've won the NFC North already. They keep getting road wins when people think they can't. I know they just beat the Washington Commanders, but it's more uh, uh, of, of what it means for, for Kirk Cousins. I'll put uh, Minnesota at probably a little bit overrated, but considering their success, I don't think anybody would argue them being top 10, maybe not top five, put them at four. Number three. I'm still going to put the Eagles. They're good. They win. Jalen Hurts is playing well. They're a good football team. They got an awesome defense. They get after and pressure the passer. They just haven't played anybody, so I can't give them credit for winning games against inferior teams. Number two. Kansas City finds a way. They get the best quarterback in the business. Uh, great play callers. Uh, g- good play calling. I think they're a very, very good team. But more than anything, just Mahomes finds a way. We'll put them at two. Number one. I'm keeping Buffalo there. Keeping Buffalo. You know, saw how they played against Kansas City. Won the game on the road. They played well in big games. And let's be honest, you can't play well every week. I still put Buffalo as my number one team. There's my list of the day. And now. <laughs> what does the fuck say? This is uh, Brady Quinn and LeVar Arrington. Uh, see what I did there, guys? I was going to combine the two. Uh, they said this about the college football regular season. I think college football's regular season, to me, is more entertaining than the NFL. And it's in part because you have less games. There's a lot more of, of I yeah, guess, stage. unpredictable things that happen and just craziness. So I tend to think that college football regular season is better than NFL regular season. However... There's nothing like NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, all that. Like conference, you know, the the AFC NFC conference championships. Like yeah. like that's huge in and of itself. So, um, and look, some people would say college football has always been about the regular season. You know, it has. if you go back before the playoff, right? Like we basically would, we would basically play a regular season. It wasn't even conference championship it. games, and then you'd go play a bowl game, and then they, the AP would vote on who they think the best team is. Yeah. So it's kind of always been about the regular season. I do think it's 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 more fun, in my opinion. I love it. I I, I love it so much, and it, not because I had a better college career than I did a pro career. I just think, in terms of the entertainment value of a Saturday versus a Sunday, there's way more excitement. Yeah, I'm going to disagree there. I mean, I think they're taking it in the snapshots. Brady goes to the big noon big noon kickoff game. Those games are incredible. There's lots of other games that aren't incredible. And I think we're reacting to the fact that the NFL has had this rare run of poorly played games, especially the offenses haven't been lighting up the scoreboard. But like, I don't know, you, you think back to Buffalo and Kansas City two weeks ago, that was a pretty exciting game. I like every Kansas City game seemingly is, except for when they played, I mean, even when they played Kansas City and lost, I mean, when they played Indy and lost, like that was still exciting. I just... Do I think that uh, the stadiums are a little bit antiseptic in comparison to college stadiums? Of course, that's always been the case. 
Uh, but there's a ton of college football games. They're exciting, they're intriguing, but they're not played at the level usually the NFL. The problem is this year the NFL can't say that because they've had so many poorly played games. Um, I, I The NFL guys are so much better. It's just different. It's just different. But I think the, the part that the interesting point that was made is how exciting the postseason is in the NFL and why the co- college football is clearly trying to copy that. Here's Craig Carton on a show called Carton on Fox Sports 1 this morning. This is not a knock on Jeff Saturday. He's never coached college. He's never coached the pros. What's fascinating about it is take for just a second the possibility that Jim Irsay is crazy as a fox, right? They don't have what? They don't have a quarterback, right? (laughs) What's the easiest way to get a quarterback, which they haven't had since Andrew Luck retired, uh, what's it now, three and a half, four years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Lose a lot of games, Well, how can you guarantee losing a lot of games? A bad quarterback in Sam Ellinger, a lousy offensive line, no running attack, and oops, oh, by the way, a coach who's never coached before. This might be the most brilliant hiring in the history of the NFL. It assures them that they will not win another game this year, and they then are in the running for one of the top two or three picks in this year's draft. Bang, we got ourselves a quarterback. Yeah, I I know there's some, and I know Craig is kind of tongue-planted in cheek. Some of it he kind of believes, some of it he doesn't. Uh, And and that's kind of what's fun and entertaining about him. Uh, the, The reality is that there's a couple of different levels to it. We are making a gigantic deal about it. Gigantic. Oh, think of all the assistant coaches and the. Okay. It was one job that you're not going to get to keep. Right. It's one job. You're not going to get to keep. Uh, Whereas at least you could, you can put on tape what your, if you're an offense coordinator, what your running back room. First of all, if you're hiring an interim coach, you're not bringing in anybody from another coach from outside the organization. So it's only inside the organization. And Jeff Saturday's loyalty is to who? Jim Ursay. And so Jim Ursay says like, what do you think of that guy? What do you think of that guy? He can give you an honest opinion because he didn't hire him. He didn't have to fire him. And he can tell you, it's it's almost like he's coming in to analyze your program. We're making a gigantic deal out of a guy who we know is not keeping the job, who's loyal to the Colts and just trying. And, and by the way, they, they could give him the job if he does well enough. The likelihood is he won't. But I also think this idea that, well, they're definitely going to lose games. Why? Like Frank Reich wasn't working. They weren't winning games. Let's see if the guy works. Let him coach, see how they're coached. And move forward. That's uh, this is Colin Cowherd talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm watching Lamar Jackson last night. Pam already. The number one quality of a franchise quarterback is when your team isn't right. Can he carry you to a win? So the best tight end in football, or at least the second best, Mark Edwards Ravens, uh, uh, not available. Their best receiver out in a weak receiving core. The defense has holes on the back end. Um, oh, yeah, it's Monday Night Football in the loudest road venue in the league. And Lamar Jackson barely broke a sweat. Completed passes to 10 different people. Huge on third down. 
And that is what it looks like. That is a franchise quarterback. It's different. It's unique. People can't get their arms around it, but it's incredibly special. And if you're constantly, as a fan, you're constantly blaming, because you have a quarterback and you're not sure if he's a franchise quarterback. And I've said this before, but you're constantly blaming the receivers and the coordinator and the offensive line and the lack of a running game. You don't have it. You don't have him. That's what the Giants are doing and the Jets are doing and Commanders are doing and Lions are doing and Carolina is doing. They're blaming other people. Lamar Jackson goes on the road, one of the toughest Monday night football environments, doesn't have a world-class tight end, his best receiver and a bad receiving core, um, you know, and a defense that can be very susceptible. And Andy Dalton looked like a flip phone and he looked like the latest iPhone. Look, we started by saying this and we'll put in this radio show and we'll put this in here. Stop saying pay him. Stop. We do this stupid shit all the time. Stop with the nonsense. And the problem is Colin is much smarter than this, but it's like it's a way of generating some sort of positive. No one has ever said don't pay Lamar Jackson. Has anyone ever said that? Has anyone ever said don't give him a contract? You know what? He sucks. Let him walk. Has anybody said that? Has that ever been uttered? Then why the fuck are we saying pay him? You got to pay him. No one didn't want to pay him. Baltimore wants to pay him. You know what Baltimore doesn't want to do? They don't want to pay him five years guaranteed contracts at the top of the market. Do you know why? Because he's very, he's good. He's great in their system. Great. Was he great last night? No. Now, can you say, oh, well, the limitations of not having, he also didn't have his starting running back. You know, they're a mash unit. I get it. Okay, they played complimentary football. The defense won the game. The offense did just enough. Converted on third down. Kept the defense off the field. Andy Dalton's not good enough. They don't have Michael Thomas. They're just not. The the Saints aren't good. How do I know? We have nine games to tell us they're not good. It is already. It is one. Yeah, the whole pay him already. Like, shut the fuck up with all this stuff. No one's saying don't pay him. The only thing anyone has ever disputed. Is, the, is whether or not you should pay him what Deshaun Watson got, which is absolutely ludicrous. And, and oh yeah, by the way, all of you fucking idiots with the pay the guy, and I'm not calling, uh, you know, it's not fair. All you people who are saying idiotic things, because you're not idiotic people. You're just giving into a stupid fucking narrative, which is really concerning. Okay? Who's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Who is it? I don't be Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. How are they doing this year? Like the whole thing is like, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I had a GM tell me this. You know, if I save a couple million dollars in a contract, you know, I don't get to slide it into my own pocket, right? (laughs) All I do is I use that money somewhere else. You know, if I have cap space, I use it somewhere else. That's what I do. Pay him already. This this is a pay him already. No, they offered him a contract. Worth a report over $200 million in guarantees. Probably more along the lines of what Russell Wilson got. What more money than what Russell, what, what uh, Kyler Murray got. More money than what Derek Carr got. More money that went, that all those guys, those mid-level guys got. That, you know, it's a good contract. They just don't want to give him five years guaranteed, no-cut contract the way Deshaun Watson has. And you're like, oh, just, just pay him. Why? Why? I don't have to. There's leverage there. I can franchise tag him. I franchise tag him again. He's good. Can he win you? Can he win you? The, the actual true 
I would agree with them in terms of franchise. That's like ace, right? It's like an ace in baseball. Where what does an ace in baseball do? When you lost, you know, your first three games of the series in a four-game set, the ace picks up the ball and goes, fellas, I got this shit. We're going to go home with at least a win, right? But the other thing you have to do as a franchise quarterback is be able to win games in the playoffs. Track the teams that win in the playoffs. They're, almost, they're all Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That's what separates you. He's been unable to do that. And even if he was setting the world on fire, like I'd still struggle with the more than, I mean, like even Pat Mahomes deal. Hey, even Pat Mahomes deal. There's a way for them to get, there's a way for them to get out of early on. But like, this is the stupid, like we keep doing the stupid shit. It's so frustrating. I'm not a Lamar fan nor a Lamar hater. I'm the actual only real person telling you how it is. He's good. They love him. They're not letting him go. He ain't going anywhere for at least, uh, at least after two more seasons. And then maybe, okay, they couldn't get a deal worked out because he wants what Deshaun Watson got. And I told you for five fucking months that that's what he wants. Because everybody I know in Baltimore is like, dude, he wants Deshaun money and we're not going to give him Deshaun money. We'll give him three years of huge money. And if he had an agent, we'd find a way to creatively make it work. But we don't. So we have to make it work through his mom or through him. And he does have, an, uh, he does have a lawyer who, but doesn't know all the intricacies of how to hide it from the cap and move it all around. So he just wants the flat out guarantee and we ain't going to give it to him because everybody in the league thinks that's goddamn stupid. But the only thing dumber than the idea of giving him a five-year contract that's worth more money than Deshaun Watson, even though, in all honesty, he checks more boxes no off the field, no injuries, you know. He's won, I think, as many playoff games as, as Deshaun Watson. Like, I, I get it. I get the idea how it's always worked in your mind, which is I get $1 more than the guy who signed before. That's an outlier contract. No one in the league thinks otherwise, except for Lamar. And then fanboys or people will be like, pay him. There's never been a dispute, ever. The Baltimore Ravens have never privately or publicly not wanted to pay uh not want to pay Lamar Jackson but they don't want to give him 5 years guaranteed and they have every right to to operate the way they're operating and oh yeah by the way it's not hurting them so we need to stop with that stupid shit hey, pay him already that's what the fox said what does the fox say be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whew, got fired up there, Ramos. Fired up. Yes, you yeah, were. Fired up. Uh, that's a... Did That's you like pretty, you know, Did you uh, like Craig Carton saying that he didn't think the Colts would win another game the whole season? Um, yeah, I mean the Colts will win a game. I, I just you know if they now if they, he, the, I I got into a little bit in the in the in the radio show, but I'll get into it here. There's an expression in the NFL which goes like this: owners own, owners own. And what's that mean? Why do they change quarterbacks? Why do they fire their offensive coordinator? Why do they hire Jeff Saturday? Because that's what Jim Ursay wants. Owner's own. Oh, yeah, by the way, I think it's hysterical, hysterical what Jim Ursay did to Dan Snyder. Like, look, I respect the fact that Jim Ursay has come back from an addiction. I do. Like, we all have our flaws. None of us are perfect, perfect people. His addiction became public. Let's just be honest that Jim Ursay, all the stuff he went through and some of the things he did, if what happened 15 years ago was today, there'd be other owners calling for him to lose his job. And the bait and switch of, hey, I'm going to put all the media pressure on Dan Snyder. Meanwhile, I'm going to name Sam Ellinger, who can't play in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Then I'm going to, while firing the offense coordinator, then firing the coach, then hiring Jeff Saturday. All of those things are beyond bizarre. 
And yet he's the one who's like, hey, I think Dan Snyder, now's the time to, for us to make him sell. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, all right, so all of that, the discussion about Lamar, pay him, that's annoying. Let's find out what else is annoying. And now, it's your annoying. All right, uh, I'm not going to be the Grinch on this one. I'll let Jason Stewart be the Grinch on this one. You didn't like Fred Van Vliet's press conference, why? <laughs> Uh, for those who didn't see it, right, uh, Fred Van Fleet had his daughter up at the uh, oh the boy. press conference, yeah, in front of the mic, and it was cute. Don't get me wrong. He said something, and then she kept doing the uh, kind of like the uh, what is it, the uh, face palm emoji, and it's become a meme, and that's cool. It's cute, but in general, um, I think kids at a press conference. I think everyone kind of jokes that it's usually because an athlete wants to shield themselves from criticism or whatever. Um, I just think it's unprofessional, period. Uh, if I brought my child or if John brought his baby into work, I, I w- wouldn't think any differently. I, it's just, it's a workplace. Um, children should not be involved in your process. Speaking to the media after the game is the process. I think not Fred Van Fleet per se, but anybody who thinks it's a good idea to bring their children up to the microphone during a press conference, you're annoying. So was it annoying when I had my son at the microphone at the Breeders' Cup or uh, a couple weeks ago when he's in studio? I on, on yesterday, I edited you out, but you were going to be third on my list. Doug Gottlieb is annoying for putting kids on the air. All right. Uh, you don't like head coaches wearing <laughs> visors either. Why? It struck me last night as I saw the head coach of the Saints um, with a visor on. And then I thought, wait, Sean Payton before him had a visor. And then I'm thinking, how many coaches wear a visor? I think uh, Peterson down in Jacksonville. But I, what I couldn't find was somebody explaining what the benefit of a visor is over a ball cap, especially in a dome last night. I don't know if it's a fashion thing, if it's a look thing, but like, I think visors look lame. Like personally, I'm not the master of fashion, but I think any coach who decides to put a visor on as opposed to to a ball cap is annoying, but if you're going to wear one, I need to at least Google search a reason. I, I need you to tell me why. Do you do you know why, Doug? Why people wear visors instead of hats? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The only, I mean, it's just kind of a thing. I mean, you wear a visor to keep the sun out of your face. I guess it's so that your hair can flow out there. I guess it's a hair thing. I think it's a hair thing what it is it's the only thing whereas when you, when you wear a, a baseball hat you get hat head when you wear a visor you get visor head but it still lets the the the, the, the lettuce flow that's the only thing i can think of the third candidate today and i think i i did him twice last week so this will be the third one in, in about eight days uh sean mcveigh continues to disappoint i'm not a rams fan i know we have one in the building here but um, remember, we played the sound of Jalen Ramsey coming off of the game where he just torched uh, the offense and, by extension, the head coach because the head coach calls the plays. Um, he basically called his head coach out and used many cuss words and said, why the hell was our defense back on the field after we stopped Tom Brady the first time? Um, you had said on the air yesterday, all of what he just said is true, but he shouldn't say it out loud. And I, 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 I kind of agree with that. But as the head coach, Sean McVay, 
had this to say yesterday about those comments. I talked to Jalen and I am aware of those things. Talked to, you know, I talked with him this morning. Jalen's a great competitor. You know, he would say the same thing on the defensive side of the ball if the roles were reversed. So he's always going to be honest. He wants to win. He's passionate about this. He is, uh, he is supportive of his teammates. All right, that's he- enough. That's enough. That's enough. So Sean goes on for another 30 seconds about positive stuff and how we need to turn this thing around. Yet again, just like What's-His-Face a couple of weeks ago, LaFleur, when somebody calls you out publicly and you don't take a stand, you just said in, in a rant that owners own, coaches coach, players play. At some point, Sean McVay needs to push back here. And are you realizing a trend here? Cam Akers disappeared this year, was put on the healthy uh, do-not-play list, whatever the hell that is. Um and now Jalen Ramsey's calling out his guy. I think there's a trend here of people starting to second-guess Sean McVay, and he's not taking a stance. He's taking the high road and the positive answers. Sean McVay, you're annoying today for not just standing up for yourself in this moment. Okay. Uh, you got one more as well. Uh, no. Sean McVay, visors, and, and kids at press conferences. Um, all right. What about, uh, what, about you? Uh, what about you, Ramos? You got anybody that annoys you? Nope. I think those are three really good ones. Um, you know, I mean, I don't want to really knock on McVeigh, but he is always positive about everything. And you actually talked about this yesterday that you thought what Jalen Ramsey said was correct, but he shouldn't say it out loud. So why would McVeigh say it out loud back to him? He just would correct. be say it it's as the way you wanted him to say it. So I'm not going to say Sean McVeigh would be the most annoying. Um, I don't know about visors. I I could care less what the coach <laughs> wear. They want to wear a hat or visor. It doesn't bother it is, me at it all. It is a weird. It is a weird thing though that they 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 wear the visors, right? Yeah. Um. I, I can, can I add one in here? Sure. I mean, it's your my show. show, right? I, I can I can add one in here. I got one. Um. People that don't watch sport sports events and look at the box score, and then want to like make a point about it, but clearly didn't watch a game. <laughs> That's clearly a lot of people. Game. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, like college basketball last night, there's like 120 games, right? Everybody plays. And there's some there's one guy in particular, but some people I follow on Twitter for now until they want to charge me um, that clearly only watch the box score. I mean, clearly, I'll give you I'll give you the easiest example. I'm not going to I'm not going to name names on who has tweeted about it and talked about it. But I was watching Michigan, for example, and Michigan was playing yesterday. They played, I don't know, somebody who stunk. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. But what, you know, uh, on, on one level, I understand he was, Jazz Howard was a highly touted recruit and he's son of Juwan Howard. Okay, they played, it used to be Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. And now IU left, so now it's Purdue, Fort Wayne. Truly, this actually happened. They changed the school, changed names. Anyway, um, that if you look at the box score, uh, Jazz Howard had 21 points on five threes. There's your story, right? Because he was a highly talented recruit whose who's dad, yeah, but Hunter Dickinson had 22 12, had three blocks in 27 minutes, only missed two shots. I mean, he was unbelievable. And the best part of what, it, when, when they decided to dominate the game is when they played through Hunter Dickinson. He was dominant at both ends of the court. And he's shown an improvement in 
his ability to defend out on the floor. He's always been good defending the rim. He was far and away the best actual basketball player. But he didn't hit five threes. His name's not Jazz Howard. And so that's why whoever was following him just simply looked at the box score. And that's what they tweeted about. So guy that looks at box score doesn't actually watch a game. And then wants you to think that they watched the game and took away something profound from it. You're annoying. You're really, really annoying. As for the most empirically annoying person. Uh, what was who was the first one? Uh Fred Van Fleet or anybody who Van takes Vliet. a kid up to a press conference. Yeah, yeah. Fred Van Vliet. I, I, I don't like Fred Van Vliet's kid is really, really cute. And kids are really cute. But I tend to agree with you. Right. Like if you are going to be up there. I mean, because imagine if you had. If you had a kid like my. Hey, my son wants to ask you a question. Um, Mr. Van Fleet, what's your favorite pair of shoes? Right. Like you would. That wouldn't be deemed professional, especially when like, hey, man, we only get 10 minutes with a guy and you had your kid ask a question. I actually agree with you. I don't mind having kids there. They can be cute and and they should see how many people want to hear their dad answer questions. And it does make it where the language is more acceptable. Like, right. You have to kind of change because your kid's there. But the idea that you completely stop and disrespect the process, not that Fred did, but others have. That's that's annoying. And, yeah. and and a lot of times kids will ask questions at the Super Bowl. That's kind of like the fun thing, right? There's always like one kid well, like, that asks questions like media, at Super Bowl. Like media day. Media day, which is a waste of time anyway. Yeah. But what if Fred what if Fred had a bad game or some somebody wanted to ask him a question about something bad he did? It's kind of tough to ask that when you're when you're a cute little kid, your daughter, your son's next to you. You're not going to be like, Fred, what a horrible shot you took on that third third quarter that, you know, put you down by two. I mean, you feel bad because the little kid's up there, and it's, it's just a bad look. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, uh, professional athlete who brings his kid to the podium, let's just be honest. You're not- let's get to our pick of the day. All right, let, let, let's start, and this is a weird one, okay? But let's start. Let's start in uh, college basketball. There's no NBA games tonight because of the election. College basketball was supposed to give kids the day off. Uh, Some of them haven't done it. Uh, Georgetown is coached by Patrick Ewing, at least for now. They've obviously struggled mightily. Okay, struggled mightily uh, to put together good enough seasons. And he's kind of hanging on by a limb. He's got a newly kind of refined team. And tonight they open their season against Coppin State. Now, before you say 18 and a half points, Coppin State, keep in mind that Coppin State is one of these teams that um, plays a ridiculous schedule, right? Their schedule is they played at Charlotte last night and got pummeled by 23 points. Play Georgetown tonight. Then Friday, they play Mount St. Mary's. Monday, they play Navy. They still go to Maryland. They still go to NC State. They still go to George Washington. Still go to East Carolina. They go to George Mason. They go to Rutgers. They go to Richmond. They're just going to collect L's and collect checks, including tonight. It's an 18 and a half point line. Now, Georgetown's got a new team. I don't know how good they'll be. I, do, I don't think they'll finish in the, in, at the actual bottom of the Big East. And tonight, they're going to eviscerate Coppin State. It's not like football where night two, you make adjustments from night one. You get a little bit better, but when you've been beaten by more than 20 and smashed by an average program in your first game, and now you take on a program at a higher level, it's usually worse and it kind of snowballs on you. Anyway, the point is, take Georgetown, even with the 18 and a half, and you'll thank me later. 
That's the pick of the day. All right, my thanks to uh, Jason Stewart, to John Ramos, to you for listening. Man, what a what a weird day in the NBA last night where Russell Westbrook seems to have figured it out. And yet, now they're waiting on Dennis Schroeder to try and figure out how they can win games. The Lakers, they're, they're a mess. We talked a little bit about Kyrie Irving. Give me your thoughts. At Gottlieb Show on Twitter. At Gottlieb Show on Instagram. And of course, the Doug Gottlieb Show fan page on Facebook. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is In the Bonus. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.